As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. The longest offseason ever is over. Week one is here. 49ers at Detroit. That means that we welcome Dennis Brown back to the shows. David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and our former 49ers defensive lineman. Dennis, how you doing? I'm doing well. I haven't seen you guys or spoke with you guys in a while. How's everything going? Uh, going great, Dennis. It's been so busy. <laughs> but great. I mean, you, you've been tracking it, right? You've been tracking. I heard you on the radio the other day. You were going crazy about the defensive line. You're, I, I was telling Matt, you, you were going to be excited to talk about those guys today based on what I heard. I think you're on Papa's show. I kind of enjoyed the preseason, and it was really entertaining to watch this team. And, you know, with with Trey Lance and some of the young uh, cornerbacks that the, that the 49ers went out and got, it was just kind of fun to watch. But that defensive line, D4, Javon Kinlaw and Nick Bosa not being out there. But the guys who were out there, it was it was it was amazing. I mean, watching the way this defense just attacked, penetrating defense, uh, and just seeing these guys, DJ Jones and Contavious Street, the way these guys played, it was just it was just exciting to watch. And and it gets you really exciting. And Eric Armstead had some big plays during the preseason. But when these guys get all together and and, and that front line, it's gonna it just it's gonna reminisce to back that Super Bowl run uh, a couple years ago. And and I'm excited to see Nick Bosa, how he's going to come off this injury. I'm excited to see D. Ford, what he's going to do. And I think Ken Law is going to be a good inside um, pass rusher uh, for the 49ers. And we know what Eric Armstead can do. So I'm just excited because they're so deep at defensive line. And I don't, I don't care what anybody says. Offense is going to put butts in the seat, but your defense is going to win you championships. You're here. You, you would have enjoyed, Dennis, uh, the uh, media session that Nick Bosa had today because he, he talked a lot about exactly what you just said, uh, how, it, uh, how this year's line relates to 2019. And he, he said, and David will corroborate this, that he thought it was a little bit better just because it was deeper. Uh, you're, they've got 10 guys right now, and then they've got Maurice Hurst uh, able to come off of IR in three weeks, and uh, they've got Jordan Willis who played well for them last year, coming off a suspension after week six. Uh, so uh, they, they've got wave after wave, and they should uh, be sort of protected from 
uh, getting too thin like they did uh, late in that 2019 season. One thing I wanted to ask you, Dennis, is that uh, Nick was talking about personalities, and he noted that you know he's a quiet guy. Uh, D. Ford is a quiet person. The same with uh, Eric Armstead, Contavious Street, Kevin Givens. He noted that they added some more rambunctious personalities. Uh, uh, Zach Kerr, Arden Key, Maurice Hurst. These are all more um, extroverted people into the room. And I, I wanted to ask you your experiences with that, just the mix of personalities and how that can sort of uh, create a better atmosphere and, and perhaps better play on the field when, when you have that diversity of uh personality the defensive lines that i played with there were no introverts everybody was (laughs) was out i mean we had charles haley we had kevin fagan pierce holt michael michael carter was kind of an introvert but when he you know when he said something people listened to it uh you know tim harris uh uh, dana stubblefield brian young uh, and myself. So, I mean, personalities, I, I always think you got to be a little bit crazy to play defensive line. And right. I, I, I've never met a quiet defensive line. I've never met Nick Bosa, so maybe that's what it is. But yeah. I've never met a quiet defensive lineman because you kind of got to be out there because you're the guy, you know, you're on the line, you're, you're banging heads every single snap. You're expected to make every tackle. Uh, you're expected to keep your linebackers clean, uh, make it easy for your DBs to, to, to cover receivers down the field. So you got to play with your hair on fire. And that's what I saw during the preseason. If you watch these guys that you just talked about, the, the penetrating defense, I mean, on the snap, that first that first step in the backfield, disrupting a running game, getting after, after the quarterback, that's the attitude you kind of have to have to be a defensive lineman. Just kind of just a little bit crazy. And in the case of Charles Haley, a lot of crazy. <laughs> it helps out to play that way uh, playing football. And I always remember, Charles Haley told us as rookies, you got to be pissed off when you show up for a football game on Sunday. No one should be able to talk to you. You know, hang up. The, you know, don't call your wife, your kids, because you, sh- you have to be ready to smack somebody in the face to be a defensive lineman. So, you know, my experience is that every defensive lineman I've played with since college, high school, always been a little bit crazy. Even B.Y., he seems so even keeled. No, B.Y., you know, you get B.Y. upset. You know, I saw B.Y. upset several times. In the huddle, you weren't allowed to talk to B.Y. because he was so focused. But he played with some violence in his blood because he played very physical. And you really didn't want to mess with B.Y. So, you know, he wasn't a screamer and holler, but, you know, he was pretty intense. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Well, it's funny you mentioned Bosa because we, we've actually been talking about this during training camp because we had a deal with his brother as well. And they're both the same. They're both the opposite of what you'd expect, Dennis, based on what you're drawing up off the field. And even on the field, they, they, they supposedly turn the crazy on just for each play and then they're able to turn it off in between plays to the point where you, you can't recognize the guy when he's actually you know, coming out of his stance getting after the quarterback, either Nick or Joey, both of those guys, they are crazy in that one burst. But then anybody who plays with them or against them says that right after they record the sack, they go back into that mild-mannered, oh, that was a good play, you know, kind of just talking, you know, (laughs) kind of soft-spoken. I mean, Nick Bosa today, I made a joke. I was like, well, God, he's doing his best to not show his excitement about week one. I mean, it was just, he was just so quiet. He had to, like, bend your your neck in just to, to be able to hear him speak at the podium. And there was a microphone there, but he's able to, and his brother is able to turn on the crazy for those bursts during the game. And I guess that's one of the things that that makes the Bosa brothers so special is that and George Kittle and all these guys just don't get it. They they, they don't understand how both Nick and Joey Bosa could be so mild mannered, but just turn into total terrors at the snap of a finger when that ball snapped. And that speaks to, you know, just the talent. I mean, you know, Nick Bosa is 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 an athlete. You know, someone told me somewhere he's got the less he's got less body fat, you know, than anybody on the football squad, you know, and, and a lot of things that he does. Is this technique? I mean, he 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 comes from a long line of NFL players, so he's learned his technique, his hand placement, the way he kind of his leverage, the way he kind of rushes the passer, how how low he gets. So, you know, and and he's you look at him, you know, physically, you know, he looks like an outside linebacker, and he's just he he's he's at the line of scrimmage, and he's a Ferrari rushing the passer. So. So, you know, he's he's a different guy. I mean, he's a different athlete. And I watch him play, and I'm impressed by him. I'm super impressed because of his technique. And it's interesting that you say that, you know, he can turn it on and turn it off. I think that's great. Uh, and, you know, just watching that guy play. I mean, I didn't play much. I don't pay much attention to his brother, but I've had the, you know, the I was lucky enough to watch him his rookie season. And, you know, for a rookie, you would think he had been playing in the NFL for 10 years. So, but it's going to be interesting to see kind of how they use a Nick Bosa. Do you bring him back against the lines? Do you say, listen, you go out there and you be that guy you were two years ago and see what happens? Or do you just kind of see? I mean, do you wait? I mean, do you sit him? And that's the luxury of having this deep defensive line. You have the ability to kind of, you know, not put him out there and say, listen, we need you to rush the passer and it's going to be up to you. You've got some depth now and you can kind of wait a little bit. Bring him on because you don't want to re-aggravate that knee or get him injured in any other kind of way. So, you know, the 49ers are in a pretty good position with Nick Bosa. You have this great pass rusher, but you also have great other other great defensive linemen on the on that front. And who you, you know, do you suit up eight, suit up nine, suit up ten defensive linemen for this Detroit game? That's going to be the interesting thing. We asked him that today, and, uh, you know, D4 had said earlier in the week that he'll be on a pitch count going into Detroit. And so the question was, is Nick Bosa going to be on a pitch count? Both guys coming off of season-ending injuries. And, and, and Bosa said no. He'll play. He's ready to play whatever Chris Kasurik wants him to play. Um, it, it, to me, it's a little like uh, 2019. Remember, he, he suffered that bad ankle injury early in training camp. Uh, it was almost disastrous, uh, almost a, a fracture. That, that's how bad it was. And then uh, was able to get himself... Uh, uh, ready enough to 
play a lot of snaps uh, after missing the whole preseason, all of basically all of training camp, uh, and, and played quite a bit in that opening game in Tampa. That was the game, of course, where the, the defense just dominated um, and, and looked good. So I my guess is that it'll be something close to that. Uh, I think Kasurik and the training st- staff will monitor it very carefully. But um, uh, they, they do this year, Dennis, have the luxury of, uh, you know, holding them back on some plays if, if they need to because they, they probably will dress eight guys, eight defensive linemen for this game. It'll be, it'll be four uh, interior uh, defensive linemen and, and, and four defensive ends. So uh, there, there will be Ebucom and there, there will be Arden Key and there will be D Ford to relieve him if he needs to. Also, uh, Eric Armstead. So um, that, that's, that's the, uh, the nice thing about having 10 guys on the roster now with, with two more, David, coming in a little bit later. Well, that's exactly what Nick Bosa was talking about today. I think specifically he thinks the exterior line is going to be able to wear offensive tackles out. He pointed out Ebucom as the example of, well, whenever I have to come out of the game because I'm tired or running a rotation, well, now opposing offensive tackles are going to have to deal with Sansa Mebicom. And remember, in 2019, as good as that line was, when that edge depth started to get worn out, the 49ers had to start picking guys up off the street. I mean, that's when they brought in Anthony Zettel, uh, who just retired during training camp. But Zettel was a, a player that Chris Kacarek, the defensive line coach, actually worked with back during his Detroit days. And so there's there's a Detroit connection here, and the 49ers are playing the Lions because Kacarek likes to fill out his defensive line room with players with whom he's familiar. Well, uh, Zettel is one of those guys. Alex Barrett, who's on the 49ers practice squad, is a former Detroit guy. So Chris Eric's going to be making a return to, to, to where he made his name, but this time he's coming back with, you know, a full stockpile of edge rushers. He doesn't have to use uh, guys off the street to, to fill up the depth for the 49ers, and Bosa is extremely excited about that. And one of the reasons that the tank is so full for the 49ers is because they have found money lying on the street, <laughs> if we're going to keep on the uh, on the street theme, with, with, with D. Ford. I mean, just a few months ago, or even a few weeks ago, we were not expecting D. Ford to be ready for week one, much less week eight or week nine or even the playoffs. I mean, it didn't look good for D. Ford a few months ago, that's for sure. Now it does look good for D. Ford, and that means that you have Bosa, Ford, Ebucom, and obviously Eric Armstead can also play on the outside. And, you know, that gives the 49ers the luxury of treating Arden Key like a project under Chris Kacarek. And that, that that's really an embarrassment of riches where... You know, you have a talented former third rounder just in his fourth season uh, in the league. And if, if everybody else remains healthy, there's there's no pressure on that third rounder to do anything. Uh, you could really treat him as, as a guy that can develop under Chris Kacarek. And I think that's the glory of this defensive line room, Dennis, because the 49ers just are just so stocked there that they can go one of many directions with this. Yeah. And, you know, like we said, I mean, D Ford's going to be on a pitch count. I really do not believe Nick Bosa is going to be given the task to go out there and play three downs from the start to the end of a football game. So you have the ability to rest your two Ferraris, bring him in on third. Think about this. Bring him in on third down, D Ford and Nick Bosa, and just say, go get the quarterback. Come off the field. We're deep enough on defensive line. We can hold our own first down, second down, get teams in the third and long, and then just put these two guys on the football field and just let them go rush. That's what I'm excited to see. Those third, because remember two years ago, Super Bowl run, when, they, when it was third and eight, 
I mean, the crowd would just go crazy because you knew here come here comes the pass rush, and that's what I'm excited about. Uh, we were, we uh, wrote about this today or, or a couple of days ago uh, when we were doing our over and unders, and and the, the question was how many or what percentage of the defensive snaps will D Ford play, and we set it at 15 percent, which seems like a very small inconsequential amount, but let's say that a game is uh, 65 snaps. Uh, that means that he would play 9 or 10. That is a small amount, but those can be very big snaps, very consequential snaps. <laughs> Third and longs, um, you know, big pressure snaps where the offense is backed up in its own territory, uh, game-changing snaps. So uh, even if it, he was limited to that, nine or ten snaps a game over the course of the season, that's 170. And um, I'm sure they will be very, very um, big-time types of plays, David, uh, the the ones that they pick and choose D. Ford to come in for. Well, this is where complementary football comes in. If the 49ers' offense runs the ball as well as we expect it to with Trey Lance now in the fold, with a better offensive line, at least along the first string, ready to go, uh, that means that the pass game is going to be better and it's going to be more efficient on third downs. The 49ers are going to stay ahead of schedule. They're going to control the clock and they're going to control the scoreboard. This is what we saw happen in 2019 when the 49ers did both of those things very effectively. The defensive line got to pin its ears back because it was playing with a lead. That really was the case in the playoffs when they controlled the games against the Vikings and then the Packers. And when those opposing offenses are A, behind by more than a possession, and B, are stuffed on first down, so they, by result, face second and long and then third and long, that's when the 49ers can start rolling out some of the creative NASCAR-like packages that we saw. You guys remember against Minnesota when D. Ford swapped with Bosa and lined up a tackle and just ran right by the the guard that Minnesota had there? I mean, the 49ers started doing really creative stuff, and I, I, I think that they have the personnel this year to, to really get crazy with this. But the thing is, you don't unlock the full potential of this defensive line unless you get them in the right situations. And that's why it's important to be ahead of schedule on offense, right? That's why that run game is so important. That's why it's important to control the scoreboard. So, yeah, yeah, I, th- I think this defensive line is, is going to be able to do great stuff. I, I don't think D. Ford has to play all that much for him to, to make an impact, but the, the snaps that he does or is able to get need to really be worth something. And for that, Dennis, th- th- that's where that run game on the other side of the football is going to come into play because I'm sure that you loved it back when you were a defensive line when that 49ers offense would chew up some time give you guys a lead, you go out there and have some fun on the defensive line. Kyle Shanahan has, has said that, you know, he wants to be 50-50 run and pass. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this this running game is is set up to be very, very successful. And, you know, I don't know if you guys paid any attention to the offensive line. I mean, we, we, we saw that last preseason game. Trent Williams was in there and Alex Max was in there. And if Raheem is the Raheem that we know, if he can stay healthy – I mean, this running game. I mean, this this team can really chew up some clock and some and some field uh, with the run game. And you know, and and Trey Lance is is Trey Lance. He's raw, but he brings a different dimension to this Shanahan offense. I mean, because when he's in there, it's 11-11 football. So I I think the run game is going to be huge. I think Jimmy Garoppolo needs 
a run game to set up that passing game, that play action, and and getting to the edge, getting these defensive linemen, opposing defensive linemen, running to the sidelines, uh, and trying to stop a Raheem Moster, uh, and then going down the field. And I, I think the run game is going to be super important, to, just kind of ball possession. And then if if the, if the defense can do three and outs and just let your offense chew up the clock, I mean that is a dream. That is that is really a game plan. That's got to be a game plan for every NFL team. Hold the ball and your defense get off the field. Dennis, before we get off the, the subject of the defensive line, I wanted to ask you about the, the Lions approach. And they've got uh, you know a former tight end and Dan Campbell as their head coach. They've got their, their offensive coordinator is Anthony Lynn, a former running back, likes to, to run the ball. The, uh, the running back's coach is Deuce Staley. He was a, he was a niner, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah he, he absolutely was, for sure. And he was the, the Chargers head coach as well. Walsh. Right, yeah. But my, my point is that they are going to run the ball um, against the, the 49ers and, you know, obviously try to take away that that pass rush as, as much as they can. Is that is that a weakness for a wide nine, just the, the approach that the 49ers use to, to get up the field as quickly as possible? If you're, if you're getting up the field as fast as you can all the time, does that leave a gap, an opening uh, that a, a power rushing team can take advantage of between the tackles in, in the A gaps, in the B gaps, uh, that sort of thing? Yeah, it is a disadvantage because your, your gaps are wider, but you're talking about probably one of the best linebackers, the fastest, most athletic linebacking crew in the NFL. And so those gaps are going to be covered. Um, and if you look at the preseason, I mean, guys guys penetrating at wide nine, and once you penetrate, yeah, the gaps get a whole lot wider, but you have linebackers that can fill those gaps quick because, again, linebackers have changed since I played. Linebackers are basically strong safeties now, especially the ones that the, the 49ers have, and they're able to cover those gaps and get into those gaps and read – uh, an offense and kind of dissect and see where the ball's going when you have a guy like Fred Warner kind of being your quarterback and your linebacking crew, and you can cover those gaps. So it, it looks like on paper it would be easier to run against wide nine because the gaps are so wide, but you got to take into account that the 49ers have probably the best linebacker crew in the NFL. Yeah, and I mean, they've built this defense with a purpose. I would also point out that the stockpiling of defensive tackle depth that we saw this offseason was you are going to face a Detroit team that likes to run the football, which is ironic because for all the years that Matthew Stafford was the quarterback there, that they were never able to supplement him with a, a run game. So we might finally see him with, with a legitimate run game with the Rams. But with Detroit, they were just never able to run. Maybe it was the curse of Barry Sanders or something. Ever uh, ever since uh, they weren't able to support Barry Sanders and he retired early, uh, it was just the opposite. They were only able to pass the ball, and that led to imbalance. But now we do know that Detroit is going to try to pound the rock, right? And they're going to be one of the few teams, along with the 49ers, probably the Ravens, who have seen a horrific amount of injuries to the backfield. But the, those, those might be the only three teams in the entire NFL that run the ball more than they pass it. Over the past couple of years, I think, only the 49ers and the Ravens are above 50% running. So uh, we're going to see a new Lions approach, but that 49ers defense, those defensive tackles, the reason they got that depth there is if you're spread out along the wide nine, 
the tackles have a lot of work to do, right? They they have to they have to cover a little bit more space. That they, they have to close those gaps and fight off those blocks uh, more efficiently than if they're bunched a little bit closer together. So it, it may be Matt a very initial test of that interior depth. Now, if this defensive line is worse anywhere than in 2019, it's along the first string because the guy named DeForest Buckner is no longer there. But boy, am I excited to see a player like Zach Kerr, who was really good for Carolina last year. Uh, you know, Hopefully we get to see Javon Kinlaw, even though he's been a little bit limited at practice this week. So uh, all of these players on the inside, I, I just listed two. There, there's a lot of depth there for the 49ers going to Kevin Givens and Contavia Street. Uh, I think they're going to be important in this game plan because I do see the Lions trying to stay away from that 49ers pass rush, and they'd rather keep this ball on the ground running closer to the middle than, than to turn this game over to Nick Bosa and D4. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think the Lions will go ground and pound, and, and you're right. Um, that would be a, a great game for uh, Javon Kinlaw to be in, and uh, we didn't really get a great look at him today. He was in uniform for the, the warm-up portion, the stretch portion of practice, and then he went off to a side field when practice got underway to work on that knee that's been bothering him. So that's that's a, a concern right off the bat. Um, I, I feel like the, the Lions are out to an, uh, a little bit of an early lead and that they have fewer injuries or fewer on their injury report than the 49ers do right now. But uh, just going back to our initial conversation, even on Wednesday when uh, Kevin Givens and Javon Kinlaw weren't practicing, the 49ers still had four interior linemen who, who were. Um, and and uh, I don't know if, if every team can say that. Uh, so they, they've sort of insulated themselves against uh, the vagaries of, of injuries to, to a degree. I mean, if, if a whole bunch of them uh, have this, the same issues, then they'll be in trouble. But, um, yeah, that's going to be an early test for that group. It'll be an early test for that sort of that wave that Nick Bosa was – um, describing just uh, the ability to, um, you know, have two guys play and then bring them off the field and have another two guys who are just as good as the uh, as the first two guys and and that's a that's a real luxury that Dennis that I don't think a lot of teams have. Um, you know, what, what's what's more exhausting, Dennis, uh, facing a, a team that that tries to pound it up the middle in the running game or one that's uh, that's passing a lot and you have to do a lot of up the field pass rushing uh you know that's a good question um you know when, when i play teams heavy on the run you know and you know we we've all we had always had folks who were just pass rushers charles haley was a pass rusher. he played the run really well but he was a pass rusher pierce holt was a pass rusher uh tim tim harris was a pass rusher so we kind of had two different teams so you had uh, first and second down, then you had your, your your third down guys that came in. So I was a, I was a run stopper, and I used to hate when it was time to rush the passer because I always thought it was a, you know, I would get kind of exhausted because then then you gotta you gotta beat someone at the line of scrimmage, you gotta run down a skinny quarterback. So to me, you know, defending the run was a whole lot easier than rushing the passer. But these guys now they're built for it. Like I said, the defensive linemen have changed. Uh, they're basically outside linebackers. You know, I played at three hundred and something pounds. So, you know, it's, it's a different game, but, you know, it's still playing defensive line in the NFL. I mean, you have to be able to, to do both. But ground and pound, you know, if you, can, if you can get that penetrating defense and get a couple tackle for losses, 
those third downs, those third and eights, third and nines look really good. Okay, we have established that this defensive line and the 49ers linebackers are really good, regardless of any potential injuries here and there. There is depth in both of those units on the front seven to make the 49ers seem rock solid, I think, against the Lions offense that that probably is still going to be a work in progress, to put things nicely. Obviously, Stafford is gone. Jared Goff is in. They're going to be changing identities with Anthony Lynn as the offensive coordinator, but this Lions offensive line wasn't great last year. I know they picked up Panay Sewell, uh, the the highly touted tackle out of Oregon. So so maybe you know some improvements start to be made there. But as we know from covering the 49ers under Shanahan in 2017, it it, it doesn't just happen in one game. Even if the Lions end up being good this year, they're not going to be uh, you know at that level I think yet in Week One. So the 49ers have a decided advantage on paper, especially when it comes to the front seven versus whatever the Lions are bringing. But there is one potential weakness for the 49ers, Matt, and that is at the cornerback spot opposite Jason Verrett. Uh, Emmanuel Mosley, injury here through practice this week. Uh, you know, maybe there's a miracle turnaround this weekend and he's out there on Sunday, but generally when a guy doesn't practice on Thursday, uh, he's not going to play on Sunday. And we know that the 49ers are concerned about this because they've already made several moves this week. And, uh, you know, they've made moves during the offseason, too, by drafting D'Amador Lenore and Ambry Thomas. So there are several options to start opposite Jason Verrett, but anytime you're dealing with the backup cornerback, you got a little bit of a PTSD if, if you're with the 49ers because you remember that that cost a game last season when they had to bring up Brian Allen from the practice squad against Miami. So, you know, isn't the steady position for the 49ers? I know the Lions aren't great on offense. They lost receivers. They lost their quarterback. You still are going to have to put more on that pass rush to cover up any potential blemishes on the back end because there is some uncertainty there in the secondary. If Mosley doesn't play, the, the 49ers essentially have three options. They can play the rookie, and that would be Diamador Lenore. He leapfrogged Ambry Thomas during training camp. I mean, we, we saw Lenore getting some snaps at nickel the last few days of, of practices that were open to the media. So that means that they're, you know, getting him ready to be in uniform, essentially, to be able to suit up, play special teams, and, and come in if there's an injury during the game. So that's one option, and obviously the downside is that he's a rookie. The second option is that you elevate Dante Johnson from the practice squad. And boy, you, you write Dante Johnson on Twitter, and 49ers fans freak out. They do not want to see Dante Johnson in a starting role for the rest of their lives. So that's a uh, a dubious option right there. And then the third one is the most intriguing one, and it's sort of the biggest puzzler because we don't really know where he is, and that's, you know, uh, giving the start to the newcomer, Josh Norman. The 49ers take all week has been, well, he's a multi-year vet. He's played in a lot of defenses. If anybody can get ready in the short amount of time, it's Norman. So maybe that's the case. He's also sort of battling this, you know, he has to get in playing shape after coming in at late notice. But all three are a little bit wobbly for a very crucial spot, which is starting cornerback. Yeah, I'm excited for this defensive front because it's going to make that so much easier. Uh, and you, you won't have these, these these guys out on islands, and, and it's going to just make them a little bit better. But the 49ers, 49ers have to figure out what's going to happen, you know, with this cornerback. I mean, it, this has been yet another year when there's a question mark. It's either injuries or, you know, young kids. Dante Johnson, he's like the stepchild. I mean, he's been cut by this team. He's been brought back by this team. 
um, you know, it's time for him to step up, you know, and kind of, kind of, kind of serve notice. Either he's going to, you know, be a guy they can depend on or not. You know, Josh Norman's interesting to me because, yeah, he, he is, a, he's a journeyman and he's a vet, and you know, he's he's made a lot of big plays in the National Football League, but he's got to get himself into shape. Uh, the two rookies, I mean, I, I've, I've talked to a few people. Two rookies, just they look like rookies. And, you know, there's no fault of theirs. They're rookies. But if you put them out there, it's, you know, it could get ugly. So how important is this is this pass rush and this defensive front? I think it's going to be huge. And if, if you look at one part of this game or the 49ers team, you know, the weakness has got to be that secondary. And it's we talk about it every single every single season, it seems like, that, you know, you just can't get anything that's, you know, it's either one corner or another corner or or what's going to happen with the with the safeties uh, and, you know, who's going to step up. And I think it's about time we, we kind of figure it out. And I think, you know, we're going to find out this first game, but that pass rush is going to help it out so much whoever's on the corner. Well, we're going to have so much more to talk about after this first game because I feel that whenever you enter week one, it, it's just such a blank slate. We've obviously just uh, beat the horse to death as far as the Garoppolo and Lance conversation goes. I'm going to make a prediction. I think that Trey Lance is going to be active. I think he's going to play on Sunday. That's based on my read of practice. I mean, the fingers looked fine throwing the ball during warm-ups, and that's what the 49ers needed to look like. So I think we're going to get our uh, Garoppolo starting, obviously, and, and Lance package debut. And uh, I think that Kyle Shanahan this year is going to want to play some real, real complimentary football, just like he always does. But he's augmented the unit this time with Trey Lance on the offensive side. Obviously, Alex Mack is going to make his 49ers debut. That's huge at the center position. And uh, on the defensive side of the football, the, the, the 49ers are deeper on that interior defensive line. They are deeper along the edges. So on paper, this team can be really, really good. But we really can't say anything definitively until we start seeing them, them play these regular season games. So we're going to finish it up, as we always do, guys, with, with some predictions. Uh, for me, I'll, I'll go first here. I think the 49ers roll. I think they went 34-10. to 10. Uh, This is going to be, for the Lions, very similar to how it was for the 49ers in 2017 when they opened up against Carolina and got blown out. You know, you might see some energy from Dan Campbell's team. He's a fiery guy, interesting quotes, but this game won't be close enough for there to be a handshake gate like there was with Harbaugh and, and Jim Schwartz. This is going to be business as usual for a 49ers team that is healthy again. And this is a fun fact. The only two times that the 49ers have opened up in Detroit, they've won both those games in 1981 and 1984. And, uh, as you guys know, those were both uh, years in which the 49ers have won the Super Bowl at the end of the season. So, yeah, yeah, good, 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 good omen there. You need to give a uh, Trey Lance number of snaps prediction. I think Trey Lance will have seven snaps in this game. I think they'll 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 ease him in. I'm gonna go five snaps for number five, and you know, sticking to our theme, I think it's gonna be a, a ground and pound defense oriented game lower score than david uh i'm gonna say 24 16 49ers i wouldn't be surprised if i if trey lance didn't play in this football game uh and just you know just just say it was the finger you know he can't he can't play because he's he's injured and just kind of save him and, and and kind of create more i think cal knows cal shanahan knows what he's got in trey lance and i think you roll him out very slowly so i'm gonna say he gets no snaps in this football game uh, and it's and it's hard to kind of determine, you know, what this team's going to be about because we haven't seen 
much in the preseason. We know what Jimmy Garoppolo can do. We know what George Kittle can do. But we haven't seen him on the field enough. So I, I, I think it's going to be a low football game. I'm going to say 14-10 uh, 49ers in this football game. They go on the road. Detroit's got a new head coach. Uh, you know, Jared Goff knows the 49ers. Uh, he has no receivers to throw it to. He's got a decent offensive line and a decent. Uh, there's a de- decent defensive line with the with the Detroit Lions. So I think it's going to be tighter than people think. Well, th- this was the 32nd ranked defense last year, but I, I I agree with you guys that that new head coach can give you a first game boost. I mean, it did with the 49ers against Carolina uh, four years ago, but then they just ran out of gas late. So I, I thought that game was probably a little closer than the final score. So I guess it is possible. That, that Detroit keeps it closer, but this 49ers team is stacked, and at long last, they're relatively healthy. I mean, we, we just haven't seen this in a while. So you can knock on wood if you're a 49ers fan and hope that it stays that way because I do think that this roster, you know, at least a general version of it, has already proven that it could do some great things when it's at this level of health. If you look back at 2019, and they've obviously augmented it since then. Anyway, uh, after the game, we'll talk to you. And we'll have more substantive game-based stuff to talk about. So looking forward to the journey with you all. Thank you for tuning in to this first regular season episode of Here's the Catch. It was great to hear Dennis Brown's voice again. And for Matt Barrows and for Dennis, this is David Lombardi. We'll talk to you after the 49ers play at Detroit on Sunday.